This is Gateway City Sports. From Talking Sports on the Bleachers, it's the NCAA Report. With me, Don Wynn, and my co-host, Russ Robinson. Sit back and enjoy it, folks. Welcome to the NCAA Report, a proud part of not only Talking Sports on the Bleachers, but Gateway City Sports. At Gateway City Sports, we strive in bringing you as much content as possible from the Blues to the Battle Hawks to the Missouri Tigers and the Fighting Illini of Illinois. As uh, normally, I would have my, I've introduced my co-host at this time, but he's not here yet. Hopefully, he'll be able to join us soon. But I do have with me Kendrick Prince. I hope I pronounced Kendrick right. Did I get that? Yep. Yep. Kendrick Prince, the director of recruiting for the Illini Guys Podcasting Network and a columnist for the Quad City Times. We're going to talk a little bit of Illinois football recruiting. Well, Illinois recruiting in general, basketball and football. Uh, we're going to go to the transfer program a little bit and see what uh, what, he, what uh, Kendrick thinks about everything. And uh, I hope to get uh, we Russ and I hope to get the uh, a Missouri aspect of this in the coming days. So, uh, Kendrick, well, welcome to the show, sir. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Okay. Well, first of all, I, we kind of talked a little bit before the show started. Being able to keep track of all this stuff on on you know just in one sport would be would be hard. I can't imagine you're trying to do this for – and how many sports do you actually try to keep track of before the recruiting goes? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it was just men's basketball and football, and now Illinois women's basketball is relevant. So now it's three sports. And you're right, it w- wasn't so tough, you know, years ago because it was just the uh, high school, you know, recruits. But now the transfer portal – has thrown a monkey wrench into it. So that makes it really tough because there's so many names out there and then there's so many kids to all the colleges, not just the University of Illinois, a lot of these colleges, they're pursuing kids and it's a lot. I mean, it takes a, a lot. I have a spreadsheet that I try to go by and look at, remember all these kids because there's so many of them. And when you think they're gone, all of a sudden they're on campus for a visit and then the kid gets an offer and then some kids commit. So it's a lot. You're probably locked into to Twitter like a like a like a dog chewing a bone though with all. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine yeah, Twitter's that. Great. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, I guess we'll start with basketball because that's the hot the hot thing going around Champaign Urbana right now. And I get to the big reason for that in a minute, but I want to kind of go over the 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 incoming freshmen, and I guess we have to consider actually Nicolet Nicolo Moretti as part of that. But uh, of the three freshmen we got coming in, Moretti, Lawhorn, and Hansberry, who do you see as making the biggest impact right now? That's a good question. Um, 
if Illinois was not pursuing another guard, which we know they just picked up a couple guards, I would say uh, Drayvon Gibbs Lawhorn because I think he committed to Purdue when he was a freshman, I believe, and he is a freak athlete, really, really gifted. I just don't know how how many minutes he's going to get because I know last year Illinois relied on a bunch of young guys in the backcourt, and I don't know if that's going to happen. But so now having said that, to answer your question, um, it may be Amari Hansberry because um, at his position, there's some depth there, but not like at the guard position, I think. And here's a kid that a lot of people forget about. And, you know, what's sad is that now the transfer portal is so big, people forget about high school kids. I mean, Illinois has a 2024 kid that's a top 25 recruit, Morris Johnson, and no one talks about him. So the high school kids are kind of forgotten about because they all focus on the transfer portal. But it's a good incoming class, and Nicola Moretti is a guard who just – he's a pass guard first. Not the most athletic guard in the world, but I think when they brought him in, it was a serviceable guard so they didn't get caught not having somebody to take care of the ball because there was way too many times last year when Coleman Hawkins at 6'11 was having to bring the ball down the court. They want to avoid that as all possible from now on. And it's, it, it hurt his game, and I know it's, I'm good friends with his father. I know they didn't like it, but he did it out of necessity. Right, right. Well, I mean, he's a good he's a good ball handler, but you know, not so much as a point guard. He's he's good on that wing pass and and finding an an open guy here and there. But yeah, you're right. I think bringing the ball up was really not not Coleman's game last year for sure. We'll get to the transfers here in a minute, but what do you see as you say? Lawhorn could be the the X factor, if you will, as far as the incoming freshmen go. What about sincere sincere Harris? Uh, have we have we written him off as a as a possible point guard option? No, you know what? At, when the transfer portal first, you know, opened up, oh. I I like a lot of people thought he that sincere was going to transfer out, and he was one of the first guys um, who went to social media and said, "I'm coming back." Um, he's a fierce competitor. Was going to keep him on the floor. I mean, let's face it, he has to shoot the basketball. I mean, yes. I think he shot. 20-something percent from three in the free throw line, you're not going to – you can't play at this level. I mean, the way the game is played today at the college level, men's, women's game, and even in in the NBA, you have to be able to knock down shots or they're not going to guard you. And so, you know, I I talk to the coaches periodically, you know, just check in. I'm like, hey, you know, him and Ty Rogers both, they need to go to shooting camps because – they're good athletes. They are probably two of the best, two of the better athletes on the team. And I think Drayvon Gibbs Lawhorn is another one. But if you can't put the ball in the basket and you can't score and other than layups, you're going to have a hard time. So um, he's such a d- good defensive player. And I don't want to take that away from his game because truthfully, there was a lot of games. I know the Northwestern game at home when they struggled, the UCLA game that they won. Uh, he can change a game defensively. He's that good of a defensive player, but on the other end, again, like I said, you got to be able to put the ball in the basket. And I do like his athleticism, and he'll get a lot. He'll get bigger from year to year. All these kids get bigger from their freshman or sophomore year. He just needs to take that leap. He doesn't have to become a you know forty percent three point shooter, but an average three point shooter in college basketball is anywhere from thirty two to thirty four percent, and he has to get to that clip. 
Oh yeah, no no doubt about that. And I mean, and I, you know, and as you say, shooting was the one thing, or well, at least three point shooting was the one thing last year that, you know, Illinois really uncharacter well, I shouldn't say uncharacteristically, but because they it's it's happened before, but it just seemed like with what we had coming back last year, you know, with Melendez and of course Goody was hurt, but you know, you, you had all these guys that had performed well in high school as far as three-point shooters, and you know they get to the to the Big Ten game, and it's like they forgot how to do it. I mean, uh, you know, you know Coleman's never been a great three, but even he was worse than than his normal. <laughs> yeah, and what was tough is him. If you ever watch him in a practice, or like if you ever go to a game and watch him in warmups, he doesn't miss. But when the lights turn on during the game, it it, it is different. And a lot of people criticize his percentage, but my thing is this: I mean, yeah, I do recruiting, but I've also coached at the game and at, at the high school and collegiate level. And I'm going to tell you, you know, Coleman's shot a lot of bad shots because the team couldn't make shots and they didn't have a pure point guard to get him in an offense. So the team's three point shooting struggled because he did that. And I think toward this after the Northwestern game at Northwestern. Uh, I don't know if they had a team meeting, but I saw his game change. He didn't shoot as many bad threes as he did, you know, prior to that. Um, and he seemed much more relaxed. I think he can shoot a little bit, but just getting him a guard and getting him shooting the ball in rhythm is, is, is big because, truthfully, I mean, I know we're talking about, you know, uh, the incoming freshman and things, but that's why Coleman didn't stay in the NBA draft. They want him to improve his three-point shooting. If he shoots 34%, 35% from three, you can bet you he's gone next year, and he will be drafted. Well, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to get to Coleman and uh, and Shannon here in a minute. But, um, okay, so let's talk about the transfers now. When I first saw the list of who they were going, who they got first, and, and then they started, the dominoes started falling, if you will. The first two guys with Damask and Harmon, good shooters, both. And... You know, it looked like that's what they were were headed with this. And have they continued with that with Gruyere and Williams? That's or, what they need. Or, or did I mean, they shift? No, he's addressing. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. They typically always been a good shooting team. And, you know, I sit in the press conferences and Coach Underwood would tell us that the kids could shoot. But we're not blind. We knew that the kids couldn't put the ball in the basket. You know, they just didn't do it. And one of the things, I mean, and a lot of people will question Coach Underwood's coaching. And, and here's what I say to that. I see him call a timeout or I see them draw plays. Guys would get open looks and just couldn't make them. Other teams did that. Illinois couldn't do it. They were the worst three-point shooting team in the conference and one of the worst in the country. Toward the end of the season, he mentioned that. So this offseason, he wanted to get older. And he wanted guys that can make shots. And, you know, you mentioned a guy, Justin Harmon, who had one of the best NIT runs of anybody in the last four or five years. And no one talks about him. I mean, everyone talks about the the guards, the guards, the guards, you know. And I'm going to tell you, this kid can score. I mean, I think against New Mexico, he put up 30-something points in the NIT game. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he looks really, really good down the stretch. And people forget about him. I They are going – what they're trying to do is – spread the floor, and make teams have to guard everybody. A lot of teams can't do that. And um, that's what I, I like that they're trying to do, you know. And you mentioned Domask is another guy that came out of nowhere, just came out of nowhere who can knock down shots. And, you know, there's these percentages where they keep track now in the, you know, the 
you know, two thousands and back in the eighteen hundreds when I played, they didn't do this, but they really <laughs> do a good job of keeping track of kids catching and shooting, catching left and going right. And the guys that they brought in are all good catch and shoot guards, wings, all of them. Now, uh, Williams, I, I you know, the the latest one, Jeremiah Williams. Have we heard any more about whether he's what his possibility? Because I understand he has to clear waivers because uh, he's one of those guys who's already transferred once. So now, since he's not a senior, he needs a waiver to play immediately. Uh, is there any feeling as to how that's going to fly or, or will it go or will it not go? Because I know uh, on the football side, we had a couple guys uh, that applied for that that waiver for another year at least, and, and it didn't happen. So how's this going to affect or does it affect? Well, going it's going to it's going to affect him because here's the thing. I mean, he's been to two schools, and this is why he has to set out. The NCAA, they, they will allow you to transfer once without setting out. So he went to Temple. And then he ended up going to Iowa State. So this is his second school. And if you know any history with the University of Illinois, the NCAA doesn't do them any favors. No. I would be very surprised if he was granted a waiver. Um, there are some clauses. You know, if you, if people look, I don't remember the top of my head. I only remember, I think I, I remember two of them. There's like four clauses where you can become eligible. One of them is if you're abused verbally by your coach and you can prove that, the other one is if there are some disabilities from from the classroom, you could get possibly get a waiver. And there's two other ones, but if, if those aren't, aren't in the play, the kids don't make it, you know. Yeah. And so it's tough for him to get that. So having said that, you know, I would be very surprised if he played. And I don't, I don't think Illinois is done. I mean, it's not a secret that they're not done. I know they're over scholarships, and I don't know what their plan is to how, how they address that, but. Um, but I would be very surprised if, if Williams gets – if he's eligible. I mean, he'll be older, and he has three years of eligibility. So by the time he's done, if he sits out, he may be 25, 26 years old. Playing <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, he's got the the Achilles injury, with so maybe they can he can he can play that as, well, I didn't get to play last year because my Achilles was busted. And maybe that will come uh, – will help. But, uh, okay, so if, if – and I agree with you. I mean, they're out of technically right now. They're out of scholarships. So anybody they're bringing in is going to have to go in as a walk on. They're going to have to remove a scholarship from somebody like, say, a Moretti or, you know, somebody yeah. like, you know, uh, he's the only one I can see them taking the scholarship away from because the rest of them are all have all been Ooh. solid contributors or, you know, you're not going to you're not going to pull something from one of the other two incoming freshmen. So I don't know. I mean, it's. I guess I've heard the talk of a NIL money for walk-ons. I've heard that too. I've heard that, and I—I I mean, it's—it would stink to do to a kid, but Illinois is in a situation right now where um, they have to go out and they have to try to win. The, you know, there's a couple of kids that's in the transfer portal. Antonio Reeves from Kentucky. I know who's a Chicago kid, but I know that they're pursuing. I mean, he's a guy that and who who's definitely interest and you can't turn your back on a guy like that because you know this guy scored 16 18 points a game in the sec and then chris jordan is a kid um who went to my bird who was a guard and he asked to get out of his scholarship from kansas and right away illinois contacted him so they're looking in to bring somebody else i mean you know whether you know it's nil money or somebody's being told hey you know if this we get one of these two kids you know, we're going to 
probably take a scholarship, but maybe they may not do that. And maybe NIL money. I don't want to speculate, but I know their plan is to bring another guard. I'm a hundred percent sure of that. Yeah. Sounds, you know, I guess, uh, uh, it's kind of like an in trying to, trying to get like an insurance policy with, with, with what you've already brought in, so to speak. Oh yeah. I mean, cause he wants an older guard. And the thing that he mentioned last year, you know, his press conference was, um, he really wanted to bring in a veteran guard. Last year, the whole Sky Clark situation, it failed. And Jay Neps was good at times, but they hit that freshman wall. And if you look at the NCAA tournaments, all the teams who did well, the teams that advanced and that, or even if they didn't advance, they were in the games. It's teams with older guards and guys, guards that could just make everybody else better. I mean, Tyson Walker from Michigan State, I mean, he had a phenomenal run in the tournament and he's a transfer but he's an older guard so and i know that's what brad underwood is really looking for he doesn't want to go back to relying on freshmen and as good as i think drayvon gibbs lawhorn is he's not a point guard um and we just talked about sincere harris he's a good player but if he can't shoot it well enough that's not going to help you advance in the tournament oh exactly right exactly right yeah you know just like what, what we're talking about with it you know um everybody needs an insurance policy of some kind and you know life can throw you that curveball and that's why you need all state because the wiley group has two locations in festus and arnold to serve you they offer home auto boat motorcycle business life insurance investments and so much more they offer a customized approach that's unique to your situation to make sure you your family and your assets are properly protected they also great, offer great rates and savings give sean and his team a call today 636-764-6294 that's 636- 764-6294. They'll help you in an insurance quote right over the phone because that's just how they work, people. Even give them a call if you just want to talk sports because, you know, they do that too. Hey, maybe I'll give them a, get them on the show someday. You never know. You know, work with kids. You have, you have recitals. You've got ball games. You've got all kinds of stuff. So you have a busy life. So you can email Sean, Sean Wiley at allstate.com. Talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. <clears throat> Speaking of good hands, good things happening. How big is the news of Coleman Hawkins? We've talked about him already, and uh, Terrence Shannon coming back. Game changers from a, a team standpoint, a Big Ten standpoint, and national. And and here's where I'm going to go with that. From a team standpoint, Coleman Hawkins um, is Brad Underwood's first four year player. He's been there four years, and he's a guy that a lot of people don't understand how valuable he is. They uh, It's easy to look at scoring, but he does so many other things well. Um, in his first uh, NBA pre-draft game, his, his first game, he almost had a triple-double. I mean, <laughs> he's not going to score 25 points, but he was like two or three rebounds, maybe assist away from a triple-double. And uh, people don't get it, but again, I've talked to his father and he's played overseas, and they know Coleman's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and score 25 points a game. But tell me, other than shooting the three well, what doesn't he do well? He can handle the basketball. You mentioned his passing ability. He can defend. He can block shots. He can make other people better. I mean, yeah. and he's 6'10", he's 6'11". So having him back is huge. Then you go to Terrence Shannon, who probably will be a preseason All-American, definitely All-Big Ten, a preseason All-Big Ten caliber type player. Um and he averaged 17, 18 points a game last year for Illinois. Here's what I mean by nationally, you know, or even in the Big Ten. 
before those two came back, people all I've seen everywhere, doesn't matter whether it be national or local guys, they had Illinois picked anywhere from seventh, eighth, and ninth in the Big Ten. When they both decided to come back, come back to school, they immediately jumped up to third behind Michigan State and Purdue. Then you look nationally, everybody now has them in their top 25. That's how mm-hmm. big that is to, to get those two kids back because they're proven guys and it's depth. Illinois is going to be deep. I would not want to be Brad Underwood. We talked about all those junior college players or transfers that they brought in. Mm-hmm. You got Ty, Ty Rogers, guys that are coming back, and Coleman and Terrence Shannon. I don't know where the minutes are going to come from, but it's a nice problem to have because now when you play guys, you don't have liabilities on the floor. You have guys that can all play, you know, where you don't have to hide people. And that's going to be really nice for the Illinois this year. But to answer your question, those two guys coming back, those are game changers. Because you now know Illinois is going to be in games now. They're going to win probably 20 games again. And then, you know, I know they need to advance in the tournament. But having those two guys and and getting them back on campus and their leadership is is big. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, uh, when I talked to Deion Thomas uh, at the end of last basketball season, you know, I mentioned something about uh, Hawkins and, and uh, at that time, Melendez was actually considering it or was was thought to be considering an NBA uh, jump uh, and, and and Shannon. And uh, and uh, and he said, no, nah. he said, I don't think either one of them will 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 go, he said, because I think they both have things they need to work on. Um, he said, now, whether now he did, he did kind of hesitate. He goes, whether they come back. He said they'll come back to college. He said, he said if they get the right advice, they'll come back to Illinois. So <laughs> he wasn't hundred percent sure they were coming back to Illinois, but he knew that he he had the idea that that well, like you said, they they NBA knew that what they needed to work on and told him and said, hey, next year you get this worked on, you can go first round. You know. Oh yeah, yeah we talked about Terrence Shannon had to come back when Colin Hawkins. Believe it or not, he did consider. I mean, the, it was a small possibility. But the transfer portal, him entering that portal was a small, you know, window. And I think his dad, you know, convinced him differently to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what, stick around. Brad Underwood's been good to you. And, you know, so um, that would have thrown a monkey wrench into it because I know as much as I hate to say this and it happens, you know, people do do things that are illegal. And, I mean, there was a lot of schools that were interested in Coleman. I, 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 put, it, I, oh, yeah. I put it like that. I'll leave it at that. Yes. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that goes on in just about. Everybody's had a conversation or two like that, no matter where you're at and in whatever school you're at. So, um, you know, one guy we haven't talked about and brought up. Well, two guys actually we haven't talked about or brought up, uh, and how it's going to, how all this, all these moves and all these people coming in are going to affect. And that's Luke Goody and Dane Danger. Glad you mentioned um, Dane Danger first because. Um, Talking to one of the coaches, and they said people need to realize that last year was his first year. Yes. This kid averaged 10 points and six rebounds a game. That's pretty good. I mean, and he didn't play a lot. And if you get on, you know, I were talking about Twitter and what Twitter is like. Look at his body. He's lost another 15 pounds. Oh, really? Locked, oh, my gosh. Oh, you can sit in his face. He's lost 15 more pounds. And they're expecting big things from him. And and the reason he's doing it because he wants to play more minutes. And he came off the floor last year. It wasn't a secret. 
you know, in the, today's terminology is called drop coverage. And so teams would pick on Dane. They would go to his side because he, at the time, wouldn't get out and cover the guards good or quick enough. And that was a knock on Kofi. Well, now Dane's lost weight. He wants to be on the court because teams did, did. And I know one team that picked on him more than anything. If anybody has the Big Ten Network pass, I'm not plugging them. Go back and watch the Michigan game. They went to at him every single time. Hmm. Now that he's lost weight and he's he's much more mobile, he's great inside. And they're always going to have him for another two years. I mean, so this is having him back is huge because he's a serviceable big guy. He has good hands. He can finish with both hands around the rim. He's a tough guard for anybody to, you know to um to defend. Mm-hmm. And Luke Goody. We, uh, you know, going into the preseason, I know it was early on when they played Kansas and everybody knew Illinois beat Kansas. He was one of the best players on the on the court. I thought the Indiana game at Indiana was when Luke Goody was kind of getting his feet underneath him. Having him back and being in the system, he's stronger, and he's another knockdown shooter. Him and Domaska are kind of the same type players. I mean, it's if you have to guard guys on the perimeter like that, and then you have guys that can get to the rim, you're going to be a tough team to defend. And I think having Luke back and he's been around is huge. And I like, he's an old school guy. I remember when he was being recruited and I was talking to his father, his father made it really clear to me that I mean, I think he played football in Northwestern or Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, in my family, we don't transfer. You know, if he's, if, when he commits to a school, that's exactly what that means. If he graduates and, you know, which he will because he's a smart kid, then that's different. But he's like, we're not running from competition. And that's the kind of family he is. And so I like the kid because he fishes. So we're supposed to do a fishing tournament as well. So Luke's a good kid, man. All right. Well, good. I'm, I kind of felt sorry for him last year a little bit when he got hurt and, you know, trying to come back. And, and you know, it's tough to do that. I mean, you're coming off an injury. It, it's it's hard to get back. And I don't care how hard you practice. I don't care care how many simulations you run it's not the same as playing in the in the actual game it just it's, it's not. just not and uh you know so i kind of felt but but he he did he came back and 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 showed that you know he hadn't lost that much that much of a step <laughs> no no and he can so, shoot it he can he can fill it up no doubt about that okay um so given all that and given all this new i've seen a couple projected lineups and I'm like, okay, uh, one of them I think didn't have any of these, any of the new, any of the transfers on the floor except for for Williams, and which I which I thought kind of funny. So I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to play or not. Um, what do you see? I mean, of all these guys we've talked about, uh, the new guys coming in, the the, the Moretti and the the two freshmen and the, and the four uh, transfers, who's got the best shot at cracking the starting lineup? Quincy Gugliari, he's the one guy, I think, because he's 6'8". Illinois recruited this kid three times, and I don't think he came to Illinois to sit. I think he's the one guy who's been at Power 5 schools, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, Syracuse and Oregon. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to probably get to end, who will make the lineup. I think Domas is going to be tough to stay out. Um, as well, but if he to answer your question, I think he's going to be the one guy that's probably going to get that nod in the starting lineup. Okay, fantastic. All right, let's let's uh, flip it over to football now. I don't. I'm finding it very hard to remember, and I've been following Illinois football since the early '70s, and I've 
don't think I remember maybe Mike White, but I'd have to go back and look at the look at the uh, or Makovic. I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but I don't remember a coach uh, coming in and in two years having the university pretty or the 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 fans just falling all over him at the i mean what he's been able to do with this program and you know when he went five five and what was it five and eight the first year five and seven the first year you know somebody asked him about the season i didn't come here to win five games you know i mean i i don't know of another coach that's been that uh out frankly out front of it and saying this is not what we're accepting we're gonna we're accepting championships not also rants uh how much has he meant to this program well i remember when lovey smith was fired and Mm -hmm. i remember and for all your listeners out there they can go to twitter and go back and research it i was a one of a very few guys i wanted brett bielema as soon as lovey smith was fired and I'm, I'm not making this up because here's why he dominated the Big Ten at Wisconsin. Yes. And I'm going to tell you the truth. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like his style. I don't. I don't like it because it's run first. I'm an aggressive guy. I like the offense. But I'm not criticizing it because guess what? It works. It works. <laughs> and, and, and they're winning games. So here's what's different about him. He has been successful. He has done a great job of putting guys, linemen in the NFL. He speaks well to boosters, donors, to recruits. One of the t- things that I've done, I've been doing this recruiting for 20 years, and I'm going to tell you, I've been around Ron Zook. I've been around Bruce Weber, uh, a lot of guys, I'm telling you. And Brett Bielema is one of the top two or three recruits, including Bill Self. He is good at what he does. I mean, and the reason I'm saying that is because he is – when he was at Iowa, his, you know, he went to school at Iowa, and a lot of one of my friends who I live in the Quad Cities, and they were hoping, hoping when Kirk Ferentz retired, they knew that they wanted Brett Bielema. That's how good of a coach he is, and you know how good of the program is at Iowa. Oh, yeah. What he what he does is is he came in every coach. They all say the right things. I mean, you've seen the press conferences. We're going to recruit the state. He does it. And it's not a lie. It, he really recruits this state, and every coach has an, uh, an assignment. And what makes Brett unique versus any coach, and I would ask anybody, I would challenge anybody out there at a Power 5 school, especially the Big Ten, to tell me, Brett Bielema doesn't care about stars. They go out and they look for kids and they see talent. There's a kid from my area, from Moline High School, named Matthew Bailey, who's a cornerback, defensive back. And his only offer coming out of high school was, I think, uh, South Dakota or something like that. The kid ended up making the second depth. He was he was on second depth chart for Illinois as a true freshman because they saw talent in him. Mm-hmm. Bielema can see talent, and he can recruit talent. Mm-hmm. And Illinois now, they're competitive, and they're going to be. He is building depth. They never had a walk-on program. They're getting kids to, to walk on like at some of the other big schools. Like, you know, you look at – you know, Missouri, Michigan, Iowa, and all those other programs, they have good walk-on programs. Illinois didn't have that. So getting him on campus was was big. And when I talked to these parents, like there's a tweet right now that went out, the parents went on campus that I think the football program um, put out yesterday. Every one of those parents will tell you, you know, all the kids say, oh, Mr. Prince, is, you know, family atmosphere. They really do that. They really treat every kid the same. One kid was a walk-on. 
And he made the comment to me, so they treated me like I was a five-star athlete. That's what makes Brett special. He makes sure, because he was a former walk-on once. Mm-hmm. So he knows what that's like. Right. I'm, a, I'm a big fan, and I will tell you, they're going to win games, and they're going to always be competitive. They're never going to go – the years of going 2-9 and nine and, you know, whatever it is for five, six years in a row, as long as he's there, I'm not saying they're going to win the Big Ten every year, but they're going to win six, seven, eight, nine games as long as he's there. I'm 100% sure of it. Yeah, I, I yeah I know what you mean when you're talking about the the because you know I look at I'm looking at the the list of uh, signees the kids that have already signed uh, and you know I see one four star kid you know everybody else is three stars um, and they've got some they've got a couple four stars that have got letters of intent that haven't actually signed yet I guess um, but. You know, a couple of names that I'm looking at here, and one, it kind of intrigues me because many, many, many moons ago when I played high school football, I, I played against this school many times, and I never liked playing against them. Uh, and that's uh, Caden Fegan from Arthur. Uh, where does he oh where do you think he fits in at Illinois? Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, what I like about Brett Bielema with this kid, um, he basically said that this kid is probably one of the best recruits that he has ever, ever had on campus. And they really see him being, in, in their mind, and probably an NFL prospect. They went after really? him, and they, oh, my gosh, they went after Kate. They went after Caden Hart, and he was a game changer. You know, and the other one, which I mean, I don't know if you probably get to or not, um, is the wide receiver from Simeon, Malik Elzey. Those were, those were mm. kids from the state. Those are game changers. And Caden is a big, strong guy, and they really see him competing as a freshman. And Brett, when they tell you how important he is, I'm glad you mentioned his name. Every coach on that staff, it didn't matter if he was offensive lineman, cornerback coach, special team coach, every coach on that staff recruited that kid. Well, it it, it lists him as an athlete. That's why it's kind of said, what what uh, what position do you think he's? He, they're looking at him to fill. He'll be in the backfield. I mean, He'll be in the backfield? I, okay. Yeah, I think that's where they, you know, they recruited him to, to play, and, you know, I know he's, he's an athlete, yeah. Because he's got the size to kind of play almost all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, the kid's 6'3", 221 pounds, and, you know, he's just big, strong, and he's quick and quick twitch. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, and I, I'll tell you another thing. You know, when you look at some of these star rankings and stuff, you know, you look at the draft, which – Illinois had guys that are drafted in the first, you know, top 10. Those are three-star recruits. And that's kind of the thing that I was telling you about earlier with Brett Bielema. Even though those are Lovey Smith's players, mm-hmm. they develop talent. That's what makes Brett special. And when they talk to these recruits and their parents, they can sell that. They can sell it at Wisconsin. They can sell that, hey, we don't care what your kids rank. We see talent and we think your kid can help us. We can develop him. And they do a good job of it. So those are kids. And like we mentioned, you asked earlier, why, what makes Brett so special? You know, Malik Elsie, the kid that he's a four-star kid out of Chicago. And I'm going to tell you, he could have went anywhere in the country. This kid had SEC talent. And he has SEC offers. This kid probably could have been a five-star recruit. So that's what's a game changer. When was the last time Illinois was able to keep kids like that at home because let's face it, those kids they left. Yeah, they went. Yeah, to but, yeah. School. Kids like kids like that never stayed around. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we we you know if every coach that's come in, I mean, going all the way back to to Zook, like you said, you know, uh, we want to recruit Illinois. We want to recruit Illinois, and 
you hardly ever saw a kid show up at the home. And if, and if he did, he wasn't, he was just because only I was desperate and grabbed him. Um, yeah. You know, that was pretty, I, I hate to say it about some of those kids, but that's exactly what it was. Uh, an, another kid that I'm kind of interested in, uh, and they, right now they just have him, or he's a, a transfer coming in. Um, so I shouldn't say kid, but he's a transfer coming in is Demetrius Hill from Florida national. Yes. You know what? When they recruited him, I mean, getting him on campus was big because, you know, getting kids out of Florida is, is tough. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Illinois had a tough sell. Their assistant coach, um, uh, and Henry, he did a really good job of recruiting those kids because he's from that area. And my thing with him is he is able to sell those kids down there and He's able to get kids from the from the southern parts of the state because the way Illinois they've they've had a tough time doing it. I'm gonna be honest with you. And so getting a safety like that, a cornerback from Florida, um, he's quick, he's athletic, um, six foot two. I really think he's gonna be able to help them and stuff. So the way I look at it, um, getting kids like that, you know, is is big because you don't get them to go to Illinois. I mean, why would you go to Illinois? Right. Right. How big was the get when uh, Luke Altmeyer decided to pick Illinois as his transfer school? Oh, gosh. You know, going Brett Bielema now, and I hate to keep using his name, but here's a guy, they throw the ball. I mean, I mentioned I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of them, you know, their style. But when you go back and you look at the game film of, of, of DeVito and what he did at Syracuse and how well he played at Illinois, you're going to get to throw the ball, the lineman, because Illinois does a good job of protecting you. Um, and it's a no-brainer. You're going to walk in, and he's young. He's going to get three years to come in and, and to run an offense. I mean, there's, a you know, the Larry brothers back there who, who I heard had a really good spring as well. But let's look at this. You know, I ask you, listen, when was the last time Illinois had a quarterback that they know was coming back for two or three years? I think I don't remember who it was. I can't, maybe Johnny, I don't know who, Juice Williams, or I don't remember who it was the last time they had stability and not a transfer guy, a one year guy, or whatever. So right. getting a guy like that, again, from the South, mm-hmm. you know, is from, from, from Mississippi, is big. And also, you know, he's not vocal. But he has a good arm, and you know, reports that I was told that he really throws a deep ball really, really well. He mm-hmm. has a strong arm, and I don't know how Ole Miss didn't play him. They just, I mean, I you know, and I know, I know they regret regret it. But if you don't play kids now in the transfer portal in the market, they can leave. They have an opportunity to get out and leave. And I think it's Illinois' game because now you're going to have a guy back there who's confident and. You know, I mean, Grant, you can look at rankings, whatever, be one of those star guys, but he's a four-star recruit with good talent. Right. Yeah, well, and, you know, I, when I first heard that, that I, he was one of the first uh, tran- first transfers that Bielema got this year, and, you know, I, I first heard him, like, okay, I I really, I mean, I thought I had heard the name, and so I looked him up, I'm like, hell, you know, th- this guy, this kid, he just never got his shot. Is what the problem is. No, he never got a shot, and they were they looked at other guys, but at least that's what the rumor was. But I think they had Luke, you know, penciled in the whole time, and 
Brett uses his contacts. I mean, he he's had contacts, and you know, some of these kids when you know when he was in Arkansas before that he met some of these schools mm-hmm. when he was down there. So being in the South, maybe that was a big thing. But I mean, I knew they wanted him right away, and mm-hmm. you know, and he came up and he saw what was there. And one of the things he mentioned too was they they trust him. I mean, if I would if you ever get a chance to talk to him to Coach Beatman, it's awesome. Two years ago, when he first got there, we went to a media day, and he went to and all, it was like fifty of us. He was in the room with us, and he broke down game film with us. He's smart, man. He is smart, and he will tell you. Most coaches will tell you that the game was lost in the fourth quarter. He showed us three or four games where Illinois lost the game. One of them was in the first quarter. That mistakes that they made, and they left points on the board or didn't do little things. Right, and he he. His team knows that, and and he lets them know that. And he's professional. I, I don't I like him because he doesn't belittle his players. Mm-hmm. And Luke's a quiet Luke's a quiet guy, you know. So and I think that was a part of it too. I think they kind of hit it off because Brett deals with kids every kid differently. And your quarterback, you and the co head coach have to be on the same page, and the offensive coordinator. Well, I guess I guess Luke's also a a, a, a good recruiter on his own right because I I guess the kid was a kid for uh, not this in this class but next class uh from uh altmeyer's hometown that said if it was good if illinois was good enough for luke it was good enough for him so <laughs> oh yeah i can't remember, uh, the, kid, okay. can't remember the kid's name off the top of my head right now but uh, he's a 24 recruited quarterback uh trey petty yeah trey petty that's it yeah i saw that quote and i went what and i know that but it, you know so like you said i think you know beanham is the one he's he's going to recruit guys and bring in guys that are character based. They're not, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they may not be the high, the, the, the bright flashy penny, but uh, they're going to, they're going to give you just as much, just as much effort as anybody else. And they're going to fit his system. He has a system. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's 60% run, 40% pass. And, and it's to take care of the trenches. He's going to pound the ball the offensive line and he wants guys to attack the, you know, the, you know, uh, defend the run, defend the pass. And I, I like him, his system. And that's another thing I, I should have mentioned. He has a really good system and that's what made him successful at Wisconsin. It didn't matter. You had to go in and try to take those things away from him. And when you did, he countered that. And the thing that I really like, and I haven't seen this in Illinois sports in a long time. If they were losing a game at halftime, they made adjustments at half. That's huge because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of fans talk about, oh, you didn't do this. They do that. Yeah. Speaking of the, uh, as far as like defending and, and um, how big is it, how big is it to have the law firm back? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You know, what? I've seen a couple of publications and like, you know, people will tell you, I mean, that they potentially both of them, I mean, both of those guys, all those guys could be first round draft picks again. And but you know what, though? That's the name of the NIL money. The NIL mm-hmm. money is a game changer because that is huge to be able to get guys like that back. Because if you can, you know, throw money out there and say, hey, come back for another year of school and, you know, and it sells. And, and Beelum was able to use that with other kids. So that was big. I mean, and I mean, and let's be honest, most of us were worried. At least I know I was worried the fact that they were going to lose a lot of the defensive end and they may have one of the top defenses in the country again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I'll tell you one kid coming in that may have an impact on that. Uh, Desmond Schuster, uh, the kid from uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. 
inside line, inside you're linebacker, or is it inside outside linebacker? Play both of them, I guess. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've never seen a lot of film on him. You know, um, I, for some reason, I I don't know. I just never. I was not able to get a lot of him. I know. I remember the name. I remember talking to him. I never got a lot of film on him. So my information about him is really, really limited with him. Yeah. Well, I just, I just, the only thing that clicks with me on him is I'm looking at the, of course, you know, the, the rankings are what they are, but he's like, he's ranked like 51 nationally, uh, second for his position and 14th in his state. But what's getting me is 6'5", 311, and he's a linebacker? <laughs> I know uh, that's I mean, and that's huge. I don't. I mean, yes, but that's big for linebacker. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I think he may. I think he may. He may find a switch to a defensive defensive tackle in his future. <laughs> at some point in time, probably because I'm gonna tell you right now, at that size, you're right. You'd have a hard time trying to, to be linebacker. But some of these kids too, though, they're really. You know, I know. They can say, "Hey, you know, we bring you in," but then they change. And some kids aren't. Some kids are cool with it. Some aren't. You know, um, but uh, but a lot of the kids are. But yeah, yeah, there's no way that he'll be. I don't think he'll stay at that position. No, I don't. Nah, yeah, probably not. Uh, okay, well, what? So what? Um, with with what we've got coming in, I mean, what is your take on the football team now? I mean, I ask kind of ask you about basketball. I ask you about what's your take on the football team with what we've got coming in, what we've lost. You know who's going to step up? I mean, uh, I know we, I know uh, uh, Love uh, should be probably the odds-on favorite to take uh, Chase, uh, Chase's place. Um, but who replaces Devon Witherspoon? Well, you know what? I that's why they're recruiting a lot of cornerbacks. I mean, they, and they really are. They are in that transfer portal looking for kids, trying to replace guys that are back there. Um, as far as trying to replace them, I know they got a kid named Prince Ford, who's a kid that they just got out, out of the JUCO ranks because they are thin back there. Um, but the running back position, you know what? You I love was good, but another guy I really liked is the McCray kid. I think he's mm, a strong, yeah. powerful back. Yes. I forgot about Josh. How did I forget yeah. about Josh? Gosh. He was hurt. Remember, he was hurt for a while last I, year. And if you remember yeah. the, when Illinois, I think Chase got hurt at the Northwestern game. And, Chase came in, not Chase, but sorry, Love came in and he gave, people got a good glimpse of what he can bring to the table. And it's going to be different because, you know, Chase was great. He was just a workhorse. And mm -hmm. I know they're going to run the football. I mean, at least I know they're going to hand it off. So somebody's going to have an opportunity. And we talked about, you know, Caden Fagan, you know, rest, I, he's going to play that kid. That kid is going to be on the field. Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I, I can, you know, we always talk, you know, at Illini guys, you know, you know, you know, what do you think? I mean, when I think a lot of it depends on two, what other teams do versus, other, you know, against each other. Illinois is going to be in the game. I think last year, I don't think they lost one game. If I, I could be wrong, maybe the bowl game, mm -hmm. but every game they lost, it was by a touchdown or less. And that tells you that they're going to be in games and that they should clean, they clean a few things up. I, I'm not going to lie and contradict myself. I'm going to see seven or eight wins again. I, I do. You know, they take care of the non-conference schedule, which, the, you know, you you everybody has to win those games. Those are three games, you know, whether mm -hmm. they're cupcakes or, 
you know, mediocre teams or one, two, and then one good power five school, you got to win those. And then you got to win your home games. And then there's always a game in my mind, you beat somebody you're not supposed to. If you remember a couple of years ago and they went to Penn State and won, you know, yes. I personally thought they beat Michigan until, you know, that's for another show, but yeah, you know, <laughs> we could do a whole show on that game. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're in the game, you know, they're in the game. So, oh, yeah, I mean, so, I you, you can't count them out. And here's what I really like: when I do podcasts from, for other schools and universities, Illinois used to be the school that everybody talked about. There was a homecoming game, and it was a guaranteed win. Now that Brett Beatham was there, you don't hear that anymore, and that tells you where they are. Okay, sounds good. Hey, uh, Kendrick, it has been fantastic. I'm gonna have to have you on again before the season starts. I don't know. I, I this I, this this has been fantastic. Um, yes, uh, really great insight. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely we'll, we'll, we'll be, I'll be back in touch with you again, for sure. I mean, cause, uh, like I said, this is what I, what I've kind of played with is the Illinois, the Illinois side of the lot of the uh, Missouri river, so to speak. So, <laughs> or Mississippi river, I mean, uh, so, uh, you know, it, this is, uh, getting insight like this is, is fantastic. And, um, uh, Tell people where they can find you, my friend. I'm on Twitter at CarePrince4. I'm on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I even leave turned up at nighttime to make sure I don't miss anything. So at CarePrince4. And then you can also join us at Illini, guys. We do a really good job of recruiting over everything. Me and one of my good friends were Brad Sturdy. We do a good job. And Matt Stevens does a good job with our football program. So, I mean, we really try to stay on top of it. If you want to know the inside information, join Illini, guys, or – Again, follow me on Twitter, and I'm mean, I'm I'm one of those guys. If you talk to me, I'm nine times out of ten, I'm not going to ignore you. I don't I don't want to be that guy. So I'm real sociable and trying to help people out and give a little information out if they have if they have questions. All right, well, fantastic. Thank you again for coming on, and I'll be back with some final thoughts right after this message from Fifth Street Motors. Don Glenn here from Talking Sports on the Bleachers at Gateway City Sports. Coaches and athletes are under a lot of stress. The pressure to win can be daunting. I can relate that almost to buying a car. And we all know how stressful buying a car can be. But there is one place that's trying to change that. Fifth Street Motors located at 2044 Rose Lane, Pacific, Missouri. At Fifth Street Motors, they want to make sure your car buying experience is less stressful. They will help you find a vehicle you need no matter what brand. At Fifth Street Motors, they believe in giving you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. Check out what stress-free car buying can be. Give Brandon or Don a call today, 573-259-1306. That's 573-259-1306. Tell them Don Glenn from Talking Sports on the Bleachers sent you. All right, uh, my final thoughts. Uh, I I will agree with Kedrick uh, on on basically what he was saying about the the basketball team for sure. Uh, I do not want to be Brad Underwood. Don't want his job. He's going to have a heck of a time trying to find enough minutes for all those those players that he's got. I mean, he's he brought in some very good shooters with the mosque and and uh, uh, Harmon Guerriere. And if you've got improvement from Harris, if he can get his game up, Ty Rogers 
can get uh, get a shot going, and you're looking at a team that's going to have a lot of of very good athletes. Uh, Hawkins and Shannon coming back is huge. Uh, I don't think Kedrick was kidding a bit when he said it's a game changer. Uh, it is because if you look at that lineup without Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon Jr., you're almost back to what they were last year. A lot of new faces that don't really know what's going on. Uh, the only difference being is going to be a lot of older faces. Uh, last year, you really didn't have any older faces. You had Matt Meyer and you had um, Terrence Shannon Jr. That was pretty much it uh, in terms of guys that have uh, that had a lot of, uh, of experience or were older players. So this year now, with Hawkins coming back being a senior, with, uh, with Shannon being a fifth-year senior or sixth-year senior, if you will, give or, give or take the COVID situation, uh, and then you've got Damask and Harmon and Gouillere, all of those, those guys are fifth-year seniors. So now you've got a little bit of age. Now you've got a little bit of experience on that team. So the need, if they have to go out and get a, uh, another guard because if Williams can't play, then – you know, I think you're going to see he's going to he's going to do the same thing. He's going to go for somebody that's got experience, somebody that's going to fit what they need to have done, and how they work it out, uh, scholarship wise and money and or not money. Well, could be nil money, but how they work it out scholarship wise, that's that'll be remain to be seen. On the football side, um, I think uh, I'm I'm going to agree that keeping. Uh, Newton and Randolph, the the law, the defensive law firm intact, is it's huge. It is it is that in itself is a game changer for the football team. Uh, they had to replace because they got to replace a lot of stuff, a lot of guys on defense. I mean, Weatherspoon's gone, Martin's gone, Brown's gone. Um, so they've you know that's why you said they're looking at that defensive backfield, getting uh, more players in for those positions and not having to fill the interior line um, where where Newton and Randolph Jr. played. I mean, that's that's big. Now you got those guys for another year. Now you then you can develop what's on that team, their backups. You can develop the backups into taking over and stepping in where they need to next year. Or if they can find a couple, another guy in the transfer portal if they need to. It, the options are are wide open for, for Bielema and that football team. Uh, I think Luke Meyer, Luke Meyer, uh, or Luke Altmeyer, excuse me. Uh, I think he was a big get. I, they needed a quarterback the, who was going to be able to come in and who had some experience, who had some uh, years uh, available to play. You know, because I, I, I think, like Kedrick said, they were kind of getting tired of the one-year, two-year guys. I mean. And I'm having the same problem finding a guy that that's has been as quarterback more than two years. Um, might be Juice Williams. I can't remember to tell you the honest truth. I know Brandon Peters was only here two years. Um, maybe Shieldhouse. Maybe uh, Shieldhouse might. Have. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I'll get that answer for you next time. Uh, but anyway, so. I think it's 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 definitely within the realm. I mean, I, I see what Kedrick's talking about. 
Uh, the backfield, I think, is going to be fine. You've got Love. You've got uh, McCray. Uh, and if this kid Fegan is is as an athlete is the athlete they say he is, you know, I think the backfield's going to be in good shape. Um, it's just going to be it, it's going to be another good year of football, I think, at Illinois. And I think you're going to see. I think seven. I don't see seven wins being an impossibility. I don't see eight wins being impossible. Um, matter of fact, I could they win nine next year? Highly likely. Uh, I know they don't have Michigan on the schedule, uh, so I think that helps, <laughs> if anything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the football team's going to do very well under Brett Bielema, and um, he's just going to have more options even after next year available to him. I mean, as the program, just like basketball, as the program grows bigger and stronger, uh, you get noticed more. You get more people saying, hey, what about Illinois as an option? And I think you're seeing that with a lot of these guys that are coming in uh, transfer portal-wise and even um, – uh, the recruits from you know, the high school recruits coming in, you know, he's getting a lot of guys from the South. Uh, he's recruited Illinois very well, getting top targets in Illinois. So, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there's a, there's a good, good future ahead here in the next few years, at least for both basketball, football, and I'll have to get him back and we'll have to talk about women's basketball. Uh, I know a lot of people are interested in that. And uh, Shauna Green did a heck of a job this last season. Uh, and I've seen, I just saw where she's brought in four, four people, her own self, a couple portal, uh, players. And, um, I look for the women's basketball team to build on what they did last year. I mean, last year, uh, was the first time they'd won 20 games, I think since 2009 or something of that nature. I'd have to look it up again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on the, on the women's team. And I said, we'll probably have, uh, Kedrick back on to talk women's basketball. Um, and we can go from there. So, Hey, that'll do it for me. Uh, I want you to make sure you check out gatewaycitysports.com. Check out the other podcast, the team of rivals with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes and Elliot Dewey, the two for three with Moose Mike Stevenson. Then there's the That's a Winner podcast with Ryan Jenkins and Josh Brown. And, back by popular demand, the Derek King Sports Show with the legend himself, Derek King. So, for my partner, Russ Robinson, who couldn't be here, for my guest, Kedrick Prince, this is Don Glenn saying thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time when we do another NCAA report from Talking Sports on the Bleachers.